Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buffuto. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Hi, Caviar Dreamers. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. We are back and in the studio with a fabulous guest. I know. We're here with Vanessa Rachi. I adore her. She is a talented, what, how can I call you? Jazz singer? Yeah. Jazz American singer. Jazz singer, yeah. American jazz singer. I, I follow her on Instagram. She's unbelievably amazing. So I just want to get into it right away because you know what? A lot of people now, when they, when they become singers, whatever, this is like, I feel like you're the golden era of jazz reinvented. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. So listen, I just want to say you were singing your whole life. Yep. Since I was four. Since you were four. But this was not your first career. Right. Right. I came from a very traditional Italian-American family background, and they didn't really believe that uh, singing was a real career or a real job. So even though I've been singing professionally since I was 12, when I turned 18, I asked my parents asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, I want to be a singer, of course. And my mom was like, oh, no, that's just a hobby. That's not a real job. And I said, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. well, then what do I do? And so she encouraged me to pursue marketing and branding. And that led me into corporate America. And a piece of me was always missing. And now when you went into corporate America, you graduated college. Mm -hmm. You went to get your job. You worked at PepsiCo. That's right. Okay, And Marge Singer, I told you, worked at PepsiCo as well. (laughs) How cool. I know, which is so funny. (laughs) But were you singing on the side? Were Were you singing in a band? What were you doing? Yeah, I had always been singing on the nights and weekends, which became really challenging because corporate America and PepsiCo in particular is not a nine to five. It's more like nine to nine. Mm. (laughs) And so I was constantly working and my husband never saw me. But I released an album, my first album in 2017. I toured the country to around 30 or 40 festivals a year while I was a marketing executive at PepsiCo. It was crazy. Yeah. So that that's a lot. But, you know, you realize you weren't doing your passion. What what was the breaking point that you were like, I have to give up this corporate job and, sure. and do what I love? It was the pandemic. So I had just been promoted to director of marketing. Uh, we were all working from home and it gave me more time to just pause and reflect. And I just got really scared. It just made me realize that life is short. Time is passing faster and faster. 
And I got so scared to not quit and try it now. Like, because people had asked me, are, weren't you terrified to quit your job? And I said, yes. But at that point in time, I was more scared not to try it and invest 100% into my singing career. Okay. So, so I mean, listen, that's very impressive that you did, you know, that you did that. So the, the genre of singing that you do, which is jazz, American jazz, which I love. That's what I love to keep on, you know, when I'm like cooking and relaxing at home. It, it's so great. You know, Thank that's you. not something ever, everybody does as a little girl. What made you pick that? Because is that what you were exposed to when you were young? Sure. Yeah. I So growing up in uh, Italian-American households, my grandfather lived in the basement and he was a he was Barese of from Puglia. And he used to play Connie Francis, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Lou Monti, all the old greats throughout the house. And so even though I'm a millennial, I grew up with music from the 30s through the 60s. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. That. And yeah. it was all jazz. I mean, people didn't realize that. Like, it was popular music back then, but it was basically jazz. So did you just learn by by yourself? Are you professionally trained? I'm professionally trained. I had a natural talent, which was great. But then my parents put me into, like, professional lessons and musical theater, and I got professionally trained. Now, go ahead, Lauren. Did anyone ever try and, you know, say to you, you have a great voice, but, you know, if you did a different genre, maybe you could, like, have a different career? Yeah. A lot of people were wondering why I would pick jazz and also like an Italian-American <laughs> niche, like Italian-American bend on jazz uh, because it's very niche. And they would say you should try pop, try, try R&B. And I can sing all those things well. It's just it really didn't call to my heart like jazz did. And I just felt like it was most authentic to me and reminded me of my grandfather and my heritage. And I wanted to do something that had some meaning to me. OK, so. I, I mean, no, I absolutely love that. So during the pandemic, you had to be home. Yes. Right. It's not like you could be out singing at, at different clubs and things like that. So what did your husband say when you're like, OK, I'm <laughs> quitting my job? He was actually very supportive because he couldn't get like a, a minute of my time otherwise. And yes. so he's like, oh, good, please quit your job so I can have some time with you. And so he was very supportive. He knows that's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And it was scary, especially in the middle of the pandemic when there was less work for singers. But I kind of. I'm a creative person. I'm a marketer. And so I just set up a studio in my house and I did live streams and I made money, you know, virtually that way. All right. That, that was that very was, smart. Yeah, that was very smart. Yeah. And then and your parents, what did your parents say? My, my parents were still nervous about it, even though they've seen that I've had some success with my singing career there. They were still nervous. They were like, oh, what does this mean for your future? And I was like, don't worry, it'll be fine. Like, have I not shown you that, you know, I... I'm motivated. I get things done. You know, I'll make it work. And they were like, okay. <laughs> they, were, they were like, okay. Okay. So then the pandemic's over. Then you you go on the circuit. Now, did you get an agent? I do. I have an agent. I actually just launched a new album in 2022. And I got signed to my first jazz label, which I'm super excited oh, about. Oh, that's Congrats. super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And I got programmed on Seriously Sinatra on Sirius FM, which is a big deal for jazzers. Wait, that <laughs> yeah, is I, a, I that's that. a very yeah. big deal. Yep. Yep. And so, so, so we can hear you on Seriously Sinatra. You can. Yeah. Yeah. And on Spotify or wherever you stream. But <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm touring great. like I have 40 bookings this year. So it's really good. Wait, that's have you great. ever wanted to do some original music? Yes. I actually have one original on my new album. Amazing. It's about my husband trying to leave me <laughs> <laughs> when I wasn't sure if I wanted to have a kid. I'm still not sure, but <laughs> but he's decided to stay. <laughs> and it's called Come Back Home With Me. But yes, I do have some originals and maybe that'll be my next album. All originals. 
Wow. Yeah. I like I like that. Do you, and you wrote the song yourself. I did. Yes. OK, that's that's very impressive. So that's good. So you do the covers. Now, tell me, I know like Connie Francis and those inspired who what other jazz modern you know, other singers sure. inspire you. Well, so she's not modern, but she's more well-known. Obviously, Ella Fitzgerald is yes, like, Ella, the which goat. I love. And then modern jazz singers. I love Jane Monheit. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Surreal Amey. Oh my gosh, who's the woman who... Samara Joy. She just won a Grammy. She's like okay. bringing jazz back, okay, which good. is amazing. So yeah, those are probably my faves right now. Do you play any instruments? I play piano poorly. <laughs> I couldn't accompany myself, but I, I teach voice to students so I can do like vocalese. I can teach them melodies, but I couldn't, I could never play a jazz song and sing at the same time because it's very complicated. I believe it. Is there anybody that you'd want to do a duet with? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like who's your dream duet? Lady Gaga. <laughs> of okay. course. Tony Bennett. Michael Buble. Yes. I was thinking oh. Michael Buble. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Anybody who's a, who's a modern day crooner. I could see myself singing with them. So your tour, tell me where, yeah. where, where are you touring? So all over. So I have this month, I'm actually at Winnie's Jazz Bar in New York City. And then after that, I've got some gigs in Long Island. But this year is in total, I'm doing gigs in California, Seattle, Florida, Chicago, Ohio. Wow. So yeah. you really, Fabulous. you got, I mean, you are amazing that you got Aww. these tours booked <laughs> and everything else. Thanks. Where's your dream place to play? Ooh, so I think I've already kind of played at my dream place, Birdland Jazz Birdland. Club in New York City. I love that. And I'm so honored to have been able to perform from both of my album releases there. That's great. And if I were to pick an even like dreamier place, maybe Blue Note. I haven't been at the Blue Note yet. So that would be great. I asked some other people who are like in the music industry, who do you think? And, and in any genre, because I'm sure you listen to all different genres of music. Yes. Who do you think is overrated these days oh overrated oh my goodness who gets too much hype <gasps> who you don't think is so great oh no <laughs> i'm gonna insult somebody that's okay uh, don't worry i'm just insulting a lot of people <sighs> so okay i i'm gonna insult a lot of people but probably t swift because <laughs> Because she, thank you. I, I say this all the time. <laughs> she's got a lot of talent. I can't knock that. But it's very simple song, sing songy. Like it doesn't take a lot of like vocal energy or vocal. But I like, think the words are very. See, this is see, Lexi and I just with this. She's a great singer songwriter. Right, right. Her right. music is great and relatable. You know what I mean? I feel like that's very good, but. I know what you're saying. It was hard for me to watch her present the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame award to Carol King, even though Carol King loves it. And it was like, I was just like, yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. I, I just, you know what it is? It's not that I don't think she's good because I do listen to Taylor Swift and I do think she's great. And we've covered this before on the podcast. It's the level of hype and mania. Like she's the Beatles. Right, right. Just right. She's, she's definitely talented. I just, but you compare her to like Beyonce's voice or Alicia Keys or Lady Gaga. Like she can't do the vocal things that they can do, the vocal like acrobatics that they do. You know what I mean? So I'm yes. just saying like from a vocal technique challenge wise, like it's I, as, I as know. a songwriter. Yeah. She's up there. A right. songwriter. She's right. up there because she's written for other people. Yes. yes. Songwriter. I agree. Yeah. Amazing vocals. OK. I mean, listen, I can't sing anything. So <laughs> who's underrated? Oh, underrated. Well, definitely Jane Munhite. Not many people know her. She's one of my favorite singers <laughs> in, the, in the world. And she actually sang with Buble. 
I mean, I don't think she's underrated, but I love Beyonce's voice. She has one of the best voices. Yeah, I've ever she's heard. not underrated. Beyonce yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> she's yes, got yes, a yes. lot of a lot of hype. Who else might be underrated? Who else do I love to listen to? Gretchen Parlato. I don't know if you've heard of her. No, she's I not. haven't. A she jazz singer. Her? Oh, yeah. she's a jazz singer. She's really, really good. Very talented. Also of Italian American descent. Yeah, I think she's one of the greats. Samara Joy is one of my faves as well. Okay, so those are jazz singers, so I'm yeah. going to listen to them. Yep. Yeah. When you were writing your original song, because this is something that I do think Taylor Swift does well in her yes. career, is really poor in personal experience. Obviously, this original that you wrote is very personal. Yes. Was that hard for you to show to your husband that it was about your life? No, it was probably more harder for him to hear it. Yes. <laughs> but I kind of needed to pour it out. Like I was devastated when he thought he was going to leave me and leave a seven year relationship just because I wasn't sure if I wanted to have kids. I'm like, so you're just going to find some random other lady just for the vagina, like you know, right? And it's like, it's me you're talking about here. Do you want me or a kid, you know? And so I poured that into the song. Like, how could you just walk away after the many memories we've made? Like, how do you think you're so sure? How do you know? You've never done this before. And it was very cathartic for me. And it was hard for him to hear the first time, but then he, now he likes it. Yeah, <laughs> so, now he likes it. No, that's, yeah. but you, you poured a personal experience in. So maybe we are going to get a little personal here, a little emotional. Did you, do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 39. 39, mm-hmm. 39. Yeah. And prior to getting married, did you just got, because you know, listen, a lot of women don't want children. I right. understand that. And I also hate when people shame women for not wanting right. children. It yes. is not women to be are, Women are multifaceted. Everybody doesn't want, doesn't have to have children. And, and I understand that. Growing up, did you always say you weren't going to have children or was this a conscious decision as you got older? I liked children when I was younger. I just never thought it was for me for some reason. I just never saw myself having a child. I don't know why. That's okay. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's good. You knew what you you knew. You want now when you married your husband, did you obviously you discussed this ahead of time? Yes. And I thought because women would say to me, I never knew I was going to have a kid. And then one day it hit me when I was 34. And I just thought I was going to have that epiphany because I met my husband really young. We were only 23. And I was like, I'll probably want one one day. (laughs) So hang with me. And the feeling just never came. The feeling never came. No, of course, which I which I understand. So how long have you guys been together at this point? Uh, nine years now. Nine years. Married, but we've married. been together like 14 years. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a long time. That's yeah. a long-term marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, he's, I think I'm more open to it now to have, have a child, but I'm still not like gung-ho. And I think he's also like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We both kind of compromised, which is nice. Okay, good. <laughs> Listen, nice. that, that, that you worked it out. That's amazing. It's like the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> and coming from a traditional Italian family, your yes. parents are very... They actually they're okay. They're okay. My mom doesn't mind as long as I spend time with her. She doesn't care. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's good. I have a kid or not. <laughs> you, now, were they born in the states? They were, yes, but they stayed very close to their roots, which is interesting. Yeah. Yes. Now, wh- what town? Ta- where did you grow up? In Thornwood, New York. Yes, I know where that is Me in too. Westchester. Uh-huh. Yes, because yeah. I li- I lived in Mayapack, New York. Oh then no I, way! Then I lived in Tarrytown, which is oh. right here, not far from where you are. I used to live in Tarrytown. Yeah, that's so. Funny. Yeah, so in Westchester. So I'm I'm very familiar with all this. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I have a younger sister. <laughs> uh, yes, you do. And yeah. yes, she's here right now. Which she's she's staring at us mm. right now. Who looks very much like you, adorable. But any other brothers and sisters? That's just us. Just the two of us. Just the two girls. So I'm sure your parents are obsessed with you. Yes. (laughs) Yes, which is adorable. Now, do you play a lot of parties? 
I do. Yeah, I do a lot of private events. Do your family yeah. have you sing at all the holidays? They do. They they, they ask me to sing at parties and funerals. Oh, <laughs> I girl. always I always oh. get asked to sing for wakes and funerals, and <gasps> and it's I can't say no, right? Because it's an honor. Like they want me to sing someone out in life. Yeah, but it's also hard to do, you know, emotionally. Oh, <laughs> well, what's tough. a good What's a good funeral song? Uh, the Ave Maria. I oh, love a good Ave yeah. Maria. Yeah. Now I just want you to know on my show, not that I should talk about my show. <laughs> Because um, it's not my show; it's a it's a cast show. Teresa walked out to Ave Maria at her wedding. Oh. Is that a sign? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It I was know. the end of something. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I actually did. I walked out to the Ave Maria for my wedding. Too. Okay, okay, all right. So maybe it's more of a positive thing. We're not going to say anything. Exactly. <laughs> it's we're, more of an Italian thing, I guess, to walk out to that. It's an, it's we're an, celebrating it's an, life. We're celebrating life. It's yeah. coming and going. Yeah, that's right. The that's most right. painful funeral song I ever had to but witnessed to was Unforgettable by Nat King Cole. Oh, yeah. Oof. I mean, if you really want to make your loved ones cry, just go with that. The yes. words, yeah. yeah. Now, what's your favorite song to sing? Ooh, I have so many favorites. I probably love At Last the most because mm. that's my wedding song with my first husband. Really? Yes, yes. That's funny you said that. And a lot of people don't know this, but it was written by an Italian-American. And I have that song on my new album, actually, because I celebrate Italian-American influence on jazz. But his name was Salvatore Antonio Guarania, and he wrote like 800 standards that we all know and love today, one of them At Last. That's so crazy. Well, that's amazing because you think of all the people you know, like Burt Bacharach or the like songwriters right. that you know, but I've never heard of him. I, I know, I know. And that's why I'm kind of shedding light on that. Like, oh, here are the Italian-Americans that contributed to jazz. And that's a lot of Italian-Americans. Obviously, yeah. Louis Prima, Henry Mancini, Chick oh, Corea. Yeah. People don't know Chick Corea was Italian-American. Amazing. So. That's yeah. a lot. Okay, so I love that at last. That's a good Have you one. ever thought about Broadway? I have. <laughs> yes. I'm actually meeting with a consultant next week <laughs> because uh, I want to ask him, like, is it too late for me to do Broadway? And I, I want to. I have nothing to look very. You have. No, I don't think it's ever too late. Oh, thank you. It's never too late to do Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could be any age, but you also look very young. Oh, thank you. Thank you have very good skin. Botox. <laughs> no, no, no. Your skin. Very. You don't go in the sun. No, I hide. From, I mean, I burn anyway. So I'm very sensitive. So I could never go in the sun. Yeah, I, I could tell. I mean, you're like, no, I mean, no, look it's at good. her skin. It's, Gorgeous it's, skin. It's Thank absolutely you. flawless. Thank no, you. I look at you and I think Roxy Hot, Chicago type oh, of vibes. Yes. No? Come on, boys. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I could, I could yeah. see that. I actually just launched um, a new show called Forbidden Love. And it's the love story of Bobby Darren and Connie Francis. And it's right now it's a 75 minute cabaret show, but I'm hoping to take that to Broadway format one day. But I would love to play Connie Francis. That's like my dream role. When <laughs> when is the next showing of that? Because I would love to come. see. Yes. Oh, thank you. Actually, we just had our debut May 7th and we recorded it and now we're pitching it to theater. So we don't know when the next one will be, but I'll be posting it on my website and sharing on Instagram and everything. So. OK, Broadway theaters, pick this up because we yeah. want to well, tell see me a little it. bit. Was their love story very tumultuous? Oh, what? It's such an interesting story. So they came up. They came to fame together in the early 1950s on Tin Pan Alley, New York City. They both had the same manager and they fell in love and they would take bus rides to the Brill Building every day. And it was Bobby Darren and Connie Francis, obviously. And then Connie's father was very overprotective and he was afraid that she he was going to mess up her career. And so he forbade her from being with him. He even went as far as chasing him away with a gun and threatening their manager. Like, you pick one of them, but you can't have both. And he chose Connie Francis. And so they weren't allowed to be together. And I read her 
her memoir. It's called Among My Souvenirs. And she said that after four failed marriages, she said he's still the one that got away. And he died early at 37, I believe, because he had a heart condition. So very interesting story. I'm like, this is a show, you know, it's not just their music is wonderful, but like, it's also a great story. Well, I think that's great. I think that is something you should take to Broadway. Thank you. I'm trying. (laughs) That's so sad as well. When you think like, you know, someone could really have a hand, like, is your career more important than true love? Right, right. She had a fabulous career, but she still looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And she never had children. And yeah, very interesting story. You're such like an old soul that you are interested Mm. in all these things. Do you love old movies as well? I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it just reminds me of my grandfather, I think, because I was like really good friends with my grandfather and he was born in 1913, but he was like our babysitter and he drove us to and from school. Now, was this your mother, your father's father? My mom's father. And he taught me how to make frittata, which is like the Italian, you know, potato pie and everything. So I was very close to him. And I would hear all the stories from him growing up and the immigration stories. And I just, I don't know, it was very enchanting to me. And I think that's what inspired my music and my my look and everything. So I just enchanted by the time. Now, do you get to go to Italy a lot? I do if I pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I'm going this year. I'm actually going in two weeks to Puglia. Oh, oh, great. Everyone loves Puglia. I, I have never been to Puglia. I've only been to like Venice, Rome and Napoli and Positano. And so it's my first time going and I'm so excited because it's like a heritage trip for me because both of my great grandparents are Pugliese. So I can't wait to go and like try and find some relatives. <laughs> That's going to be magnificent. Are yeah. you going? Who are you going with? The hubs. The hubs. OK, good. <laughs> That's going to be a very nice trip. Yeah, I'm excited. My aunt and uncle were there last week. I have a lot of pictures that they were sending to the family group they chat. They went to Puglia last week. They did. Oh. And it looked You speak amazing. Italian? I, I do. I'm like conversation. I say, I always say, io parlo un pochino italiano ma non sono fluente. Because I can't conduct business or say complicated things, but I can speak like a kindergartner. <laughs> that, I love it. Is Rachi your maiden name or your married name? That It's n- neither. <laughs> my, my real name is Rachopo, but... I had problems as a singer because people would announce me to the stage as Mrs. Rachi Pupo. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to do something about this. I have to, And I shortened it to Rachi. And my husband's last name is Rodriguez. And I'm like, well, if I'm an Italian-American singer, that doesn't work either. No, no, so, no, no. So I stuck to Rachi. Okay, so that's good. I think yeah. that's very funny that they would call you. I know. I'm like, just try to pronounce it. You know, it's like they looked at it and they gave up. You know, <laughs> I, that, that is absolutely classic. I think that is... That is very, very funny. So all of this going on, we're going to try out for Broadway. We're going to do all (laughs) these amazing things. And you teach singing as well. I do. I teach voice. And I have, I have like six, I'm just building my studio. I have like six students right now and they're all Italian American females. It's so funny. We've got Priyanka, Natalia, Daniela, Madonna, Valentina, Alessandra. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That's I now, do you ever get, now? You, I mean, we're not going to talk about those things. Do you ever get somebody who just like can't really hold a note and you're like, you just suck? <laughs> yes, my husband. But <laughs> yes, but I believe that everyone can learn how to sing because. Oh, I like that. Maybe mm-hmm. we're going to have to come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Because the way that I approach and I, I was taught by the New York Vocal Coaching School and it's a very modern approach to to teaching voice. It's not like the classical opera style. It's more of a scientific approach, which I really love. But your vocal cords are two muscles. They're like two little rubber bands in there and you can train them just like any muscle in your body, right? And so people will say to me like, it, 
it's the analogy I use is like you can't just go to the gym and work out once and be buff. Right. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing with your vocal cords. If you work them out every day, you'll eventually train them to have good tone, you know, strength and sing the way you want. But if you can't do it right away because some people think like, oh, I just can't sing because I tried it once. But no, if you train, you'll get there. So how do you like change it? What do you do? Like what kind of exercise do you do? Oh, OK. So I work up the three parts of the voice. So there's like the head voice, the middle voice and the chest voice. They're called your registers. And I like to start with a warm up that just blends between the registers. So I, it's called a lip trill. I don't want to spit on your camera, but on your uh, microphone. But it's something like this. <clears throat> And you get you warm up all the registers of the voice and then I'll work on each specific register with each student. We'll do head voice exercises like oh, like sirens and then we'll do nasal resonance exercises, which I can't do right now because I'm stuffed up. But like yee, yee, yee. and then chest voice and then you apply it to a song and. There you go. It's it's much easier said I than done. I think we should Maj try these things no, no, right no. now. Yes. <laughs> is that the right well, that way? No. Yeah, you did it. You did yeah. it. But I have a very old lady voice. I'm very Myrna Rosenblatt. <laughs> so I, I mean, it. my voice is like a Jewish old woman. No, I'm not. Right? Yeah, I mean, I do. I had an old lady voice since I was a little let's girl. Let's hear the little siren one. Which one? Do the siren again. Ah. 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 How do I do it? But it's like yes, very small. But you could like train your voice to sound differently, even your speaking voice, if you wanted to. I don't know. I have very no. recognizable voice. No, yeah, your like? voice is great. Don't you? No, I mean, <laughs> it's a character voice. So if I ever want to do character acting, like, you know, voiceover character acting of old, old, decrepit women, that's not a bad <laughs> no, idea. No. no, but it's very funny. Like I show up at Starbucks. I pull up at the drive through. They know it's me. And, it's, and you sound fancy, though. You sound highbrow. Good. I like yeah. that. That's Coming good. from you, that means something, that I sound highbrow. <laughs> voice is a sore point for me. I get lambasted for mine well, on a daily basis. I don't basis. know your accent. I think People just it. hate me. Just oh. forget it. People write to me all the time, you fake bitch. What <gasps> stupid accent is that? Oh my so gosh. it's a sore point for me. So I just say fuck the haters oh, at this no. point. I think In this really accent cute. is I how I say it. it. <laughs> now, do you drink coffee? No. Because mm. is that not good for your voice? It's Let's not. just talk about a few things that aren't good for your voice. Right. Coffee is very drying for your voice. I don't I drink a lot of coffee. I don't consume alcohol. Oh, either do I. We just <laughs> oh, came out good. the mocktail. Shameless plug. You Yay. know that. Oh, great. I can drink that. And I don't eat dairy or chocolate. These are all what? things. Yeah, I know. I can't oh. because it, it causes phlegm and it's just harder to, to sing and get things done. <laughs> wow. No dairy. Lots of phlegm if you want to, you know, sing well. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a pain a in the butt to be uh, like a full time singer. <laughs> no chocolate. That's like a commitment. Like you must really love to sing to have no chocolate and no coffee and no alcohol. I do. I mean, it also keeps me like thinner. So. Yeah, yeah, no, you're but no shape. dairy. Being Italian, that must be hard. Cheese. Well, I cheat like when I don't have a show coming up. Like mm -hmm. I don't like to eat any of these things like two weeks before a show. Like, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm. You best believe I'm going to have gelato in Italy when I go. Oh no, yeah. when you're in Italy, you have to have gelato <laughs> and, and the cheeses. Yes, and, and everything else when you're away. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll cheat. <laughs> okay, good. Now, Vanessa, everybody comes on. We ask these these questions. Yes. What was your big girl panty moment that you had to pull up your big girl panties Ooh. and be like, this is my sink or swim, which Ooh. I have a funny feeling I might know, but. Well, it definitely the quitting the job, right? Yes. Like when I had to go tell my bosses, like this is the decision that I'm making and, and be serious and firm about it and not have them think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did it. And I actually see a life coach and I do a lot of like talking with my inner child. And so I, 
had conversations with her beforehand to make sure she was she was straight. <laughs> and then I had the conversation with my boss. Good for you. So, Good for you. And you and you did it. Yeah. And you're successful at it. Yes. So far. Yes. <laughs> I like I, I like this inner talking to the inner child life coach. Thank you. Yeah. It's very interesting. I've been doing it for probably five or six years now. It's I mean the best education I've ever had personally to learn how to manage through your emotions and be stronger for it because it not only helps me process my emotions, help me process the emotions of others. It's it was helpful for me. I used to manage four or five people. It was helpful as a manager because, you know, as a manager, you get people just unload their problems on you. So mm -hmm. to always say, I understand how you feel and acknowledge that inner child and, you know, that emotional training was very, very helpful. <laughs> well, you need that for the show, Marge. Well, yes, I might need that for you the have show. Everybody needs out to children to deal with yes, on a daily basis. Outer. I try. I try my best. I do. We, we also ask everybody, we always accredit Margaret's success to 50% delusion and 50% determination. Oh, so yes, delusion, determination. Delusion being a good thing, because if I don't believe my own hype, no one else will. <laughs> so what do you, what yeah. percentages of your life, what do you accredit them to, your success? Oh, interesting. Okay, so I would say like 30% is my upbringing, right? My parents my mom, even though she didn't believe like singing was a, a a real job at first, she always encouraged me to to sing and to audition and go for what I loved. And yes. And also she encouraged me like that I can do whatever I wanted, like that I was smart and I can handle it. So I've got that chutzpah from mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes. I think 30 percent is the heritage, the upbringing. And then the other 30 percent is probably like my marketing or delusion, if you would say, like, I could sell anything. Like, even though being an Italian-American jazz singer is niche in, like, retro clothing, like, it's unique and it's a very distinct positioning and I can sell it. <laughs> I, I love, I love that. people that stay true to their Me conviction too. and Thank don't you. conform to what is popular. They just go ahead and make it popular by themselves. Thank you. I'm doing that one Italian festival at a time. <laughs> yes, I love it. Let me, we're going to ask you the last question in a minute, sure. but do you wear a lot of vintage clothing? I wear or? vintage replicas because mm -hmm. real vintage is so small I can't fit in it. <laughs> No, so, so, I mean, you know, because you wear a lot of retro, is it hard to shop and things like that or no, not that hard? Um, I mean, I found this place I like is this British retro and I get like most of my clothes from them. It's in the UK, obviously. And, but it's only, they're only like 75 euro, 80 euro each. And I just found it and it works for me, works for my body and I'm sticking to it. Okay, good. No, it's great. I love it. Adorbs. Thanks. And we always ask everyone who comes on, as it is an entrepreneurial basis, what is your sure. most entrepreneurial advice that you Ooh, could give someone? My most entrepreneurial advice is to listen to yourself. Like, don't let people talk you out of what you believe is true, because if you believe it, you can make it happen. I agree with that. That's great advice. I mean, because it's true. I think people have a lot of self-doubt. Yeah, yeah. And they don't go for it and they listen to these crazy voices in their head, right? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think that's absolutely true. 
Tell everybody where they could find you. Oh, thank you. So you can get my music on wherever you stream. You can look up Vanessa Racci, Jazzy Italian or Italiana Fresca. Those are my two albums on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, wherever you stream. Or you can go to my website, VanessaRacci.com, which is V-A-N-E-S-S-A-R-A-C-C-I.com. Subscribe to my mailing list or you can find me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, wherever else, Facebook, <laughs> great YouTube. <laughs> no, this was so fun and, and enlightening. And I Aww. love, you know what? I love jazz. I love everything you do. Thank you. Everybody should really listen to jazz because it like lightens your mood. It just, it makes you feel great. It's fun, light and sexy. Right? I have I one that. quick other question. Do you sing yes. with a big band ever? I do. So, I mean, I typically sing with a trio, like mm-hmm. most often, but I have sung with like a 22 piece band. Yeah. It's thrilling. I would love to see you at the Carnegie Club with Ooh, like yes, a band. Yes, I was band. thinking the Carnegie right? Club also. I yes. was thinking that. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm trying to get to the Carnegie Club right now. I had a couple of friends singing there and I'm trying to get intros and I'm trying to make it happen. Yes, okay, Carnegie Club, that. she wants to come and yes. we're going to come. So yes, let's get on that too. Here. We're coming. Well, Would thank you that. so much. Thanks for coming in and chatting. Thank you for having me. This is so surreal. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs and me at The Life of Mrs. B and the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar caviar dreamers. Dreamers.